This is college football. It's absolute best. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the night. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. McGrath for the win. He got it. If you don't like college football, and you watch this one, I'm not sure what your problem is. Rid it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. Let me get that off there. Got it. Rid it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. That was our AI generated that messed up there. Uh, it is a good Sunday here on Rocky Top. Balls swept number four, Vanderbilt. Tim Corbin is still going through the Tennessee dugout, hoping to find a bat with no stickers on it. He is in shambles right now. Um, bus is delayed going back to the West End. It's a good, it's a good time. It's a, it's a good Sunday. I'm, uh, I'll be honest. I didn't know how this show would go before Friday night occurred. Now I'm, now I'm pretty pumped. I am disappointed. It looks like Elon has fixed Twitter. I, I was hoping to get six, seven hundred live viewers again. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. <laughs> so, you know. Good weekend, bad weekend. It, it is what it is. Yeah, fantastic on the diamond. Uh, maybe not Twitter wise, maybe not from the viewership wise, but um, baseball has figured it out. Question mark exclamation yeah. point. <laughs> um, I mean, they. It was unreal. It was a totally different team. Not even from last weekend, but from freaking Tuesday. There's one day in or two days in between. Tuesday and Friday, and it was a completely different team. I have no clue what happened. I asked a few people if the Gatorade was spiked, and um, some people said maybe. So I said keep doing it. Whatever is happening, just keep on doing it. Wherever you're sitting, don't move. Um, it was very superstitious weekend um, inside Lindsey Nelson, but it was rocking. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it, it kind of – I hope it – like this weekend had that 21 feel of Vanderbilt, except we swept them this time in the sense of it, it kind of felt like a revival. Vanderbilt in 21 was the first time Lindsey Nelson was open for uh, 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just a, a rowdy environment. And, and I wasn't there. So that was just that that was taking it in on TV. You could just hear the fans the whole time. It, it, ne it never seemed to calm down. Uh, you, you got vintage Tony. I don't, I, you know. He's had a couple times where he's been fired up this year, but he seemed more tame. I don't know if that's coming from the higher-ups. I don't know if it's just because the way the season's been rolling. Um, but you had Tony Vitello coming out of the dugout a few times. You had him take off on, on, on some home runs, and it just felt vintage. So it was it was good to kind of get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's nice when your players kind of match Tony's passion. Yeah, it's got to be hard for him. Um, he's probably wanted to get – probably wanted to be angry at the umpires uh more this year and, and hadn't been able to because you know if people think you look a fool complaining when you're winning what do they think when you're getting getting beat um so you gotta you gotta maybe be a little more tame this week kind of like, kind of got to let it fly I was 
Um, I saw him get in into it a little bit. I can't remember who it was, but Drew Breen was pitching, and um, one of the players was, I mean, taking his sweet time getting back into the box. And after that pitch, you saw the the umpire kind of look at Tony and, and try to calm him down up nine zero. But um, yeah, it's it was nice to see a little bit of that that fire come out of not just the team but him. Yeah, and they're all he's always competing, and and so like. You know, I know we're going to talk about the Christian Moore thing probably a little bit, but, um, I mean, that was one thing that he said after the game. And he was like, I mean, the dude's competing. Even though yeah. the, the score is is what it was, he's still competing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about that later. But Yeah, well, let's, I do want to get all, all – I'll talk about Tennessee baseball. I'll get all the way into it. But before we do that, I do got to talk about my good friends at Underdog. Underdog is Knoxville's best sports collectible store with a wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autographed helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card release, you'll find it at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT graduates and proudly sports UT sports by hosting NIL events throughout the year. Stop by the University Commons Shopping Center next to Publix and Domino's to check them out. They're open six days a week with live YouTube shows three nights per week. Remember to always bet on the Underdog. Shout out to Underdog. Go check them out. Would have been a good weekend to head on over there. Uh, I get a little that winning feeling going through the doors. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so baseball. I I, I wish you could tell me like what it like what you think it was because we we kind of talked about there's so many areas Tennessee had to correct and it seemed like this week they all like we were like I mean just fix one thing right now like yeah. just just try to get one thing going and uh, especially Saturday when you see the bats going you're like okay maybe everything's been corrected. Yeah, I think confidence is a big thing, um, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, Maui Ahuna, number one, that's where I saw it probably the most. I mean, just in the field, did it batting-wise. I mean, he just looks more comfortable, like when he's on the field. And I don't – it's just a weird thing to say, but that, that's, that's just how he looked. He just looks comfortable in his own skin now. It's not – you know, I know there's a ton of pressure, like, coming into the season, and I don't know if that just kind of got the best of him, but it looks like he's kind of figured it out. And, you know, not. I mean, he's got to con- continue to play like that, but for right. our, our weekend, he, he looked like a really great shortstop at Tennessee. I mean, the plays that he made today against Enrique Bradfield Jr. were insane. I mean, not a lot of people are, th- are going in, in – um, to the hole like that toward third base and throwing out Enrique Bradfield Jr. and uh, Maui Huna did that today. Yeah, that's – I mean, we we talked we talked about how early in the season there was some talks about how good he looked um, but prior to the season. And you just hadn't really seen that yet. And, I mean, he made we, – we talked about what – I mean, what we had seen on the field, he made, you know, routine plays just look super – like they looked like, Oh, I can see it. I, I can see why this dude's an All-American. And then mm-hmm. just the difficult, you know, just whatever it was. Or sorry, backwards, sorry. Difficult plays looked really easy. And then the routine plays just didn't seem to click off. And this week, everything just looked incredible. I mean, it was – he made that he made a play running towards the pitcher's mound this week that a couple weekends ago at Arkansas, um, we saw them make a couple times. And you're thinking, that's just a good baseball team. And finally, you get to see Tennessee making some of those plays. Just clean, clean baseball overall. Yeah, it was crisp. Um, it, it felt good. That, and I'm sure that's a huge boost to your pitchers that pitch phenomenal all weekend. Um, 
knowing that you got those guys behind you that that's got your back. If you were to make a mistake or somebody barrels one up, hey, it doesn't matter. Like they're, they're back mm-hmm. there. Christian Scott made a great play in right field today. Mally Huna made some plays. Um, that one catch that he had, I think, yesterday when he um, caught it over the shoulder in Friday night, big game. Yeah, in left field. I mean, that was that was massive. Uh, a lot of night. a lot of shortstops don't make that play, and he, he he made it look pretty easy. I believe that was Friday night. Now I'm questioning. I think it was yesterday. Okay, all running together. Um, I thought I, no, I thought it was runs. Friday just because I mean, obviously late in the game, there. I mean, everything's crucial, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's big too is Tennessee. We talked about how Tennessee was um, not only had been catching bad breaks, but also shooting themselves in the foot. It's it's hard to win period in, in this league. And then when you're shooting yourself in the foot, you make it more difficult. Uh, Tennessee kind of got caught in that Friday night where they just weren't getting a, a ton of breaks, but they didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't create chances that made it harder on them. And they hung, they, they stuck through it, hung in there and, and you finally get that um, fulfillment where, yeah, it goes into extras, but Chase Burns keeps stealing. I mean, what about the kahunas on him? And honestly, for Vitello, like there, there should be a lot of talk about the shakeup that's happened, in not just the roster and what 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 that's gone through this year, um, the lineup, but also the pitching staff. And to then bring in Chase Burns, a guy who's who's just struggled for whatever reason this year, um, come in there in a big time situation and then let him. St- I mean, I know he's playing well, so it's easy to let him stick it out. But I'm sure that's got. I'm sure that pass play this year has got to hang in the back of your mind a little bit as you get as you get into extra innings and you're stuck with it. And the dude showed you why he's an All American. Yeah, and and he might have a future being a, a bullpen guy in the in the majors. I mean that he he looked phenomenal, and you know you saw the passion of him coming off the mound. It's a little different when you're a starter, you know, especially the first of the game. You can't just like you know do three strikeouts and and come. I don't know why, but that's just kind of how it is. Kind of how the game flows. After that first inning, you're not seeing guys just come off the mound and you know jumping up and down and beating their chest, but. Um, in situations like he came in this weekend, you absolutely can. And I, I think Tennessee's found something with, they, they with Chase that, Burns. Yeah. I mean, him coming out of the bullpen and not knowing when he's going to come out of the bullpen. So, you know, you, you got to think is, oh, we can't get behind because then they'll go Chase Burns and, <laughs> and then we're screwed. Um, so I, I think that's huge to kind of get him in that role and he's taking it on. I, I think you stick with that going forward. Um, I know he's he's pitching good, so if, if it ain't broken, why fix it? With Andrew Lindsay, he, I mean, he shoved it on Friday night. Chase Dolander pitched that complete seven-inning game with nine strikeouts – or seven strikeouts, I'm sorry. Um, Andrew Lindsay had ten. He had Queso all by himself. Drew Beam shoved it today. And, and you know, all, all around it was I, – I do want to talk about one more pitcher, Aaron Combs. Good God. Yeah. That dude is sick. Like, that is disgusting what he's throwing to those pitchers. I mean, I know Mally was dealing with some back issues. I'm sure some of Vanderbilt players, the way they're <laughs> swinging and, and missing on some of those curveballs, they got back issues this week too now. Yeah, I think it's nice to see this. And not that it's been the pitching staff's, um, you know, their fault by any means, but but certainly just doesn't seem to have, with all the, the hype around them and all the expectations and all the talent, uh, there in the, the starting rotation and, and in the bullpen. It hadn't seemed to kind of come to fruition and had to be shaken up. So it's good to see them kind of bounce back in a big way. And, I mean, you can even look at last weekend. And, and I mean, you could look at it all. They played pretty well. But for whatever reason, obviously you mentioned it, when you, 
the play behind you isn't good, hurts your confidence, and then it can't hurt your stat line. But uh, this weekend, it was good to kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and batting-wise, I mean, one through nine, everybody hit the ball well this weekend, um, especially yesterday when you're you're talking about that first inning where all nine <laughs> starters reach base safely. Um, that's not, not something you see a whole lot in college baseball, and you definitely don't see it against the number four team in the country. So, And Vanderbilt, who's who's known for, for for having those guys that yeah that you can't hit against. And all with two outs. And that's, I mean, that's, I'm not going to complain about that. That That's, uh, would love to get back to that. But last year, that was the, that felt like the, the trending topic. We, we could always hit with two outs. So, you know, mm-hmm. we can do that again, I guess, if we need to. Yeah. I think Tennessee had 14 of their 17 runs with two outs. I think they had six more today. So, or five more today. They had one on, uh, Friday night. So 20 total, I think, runs. With two so outs, you don't forget about Dylan Jolly's last, yeah. pretty much, pretty much last pitch. Dude, that uh, seems so long ago. Up. Yeah, it does. Honestly. <laughs> it really does. Um, but man, what a game that was! Yeah, I mean, shout out to dead in the water. Shout but... out to the guy that won our won our bracket. He got tickets to that game. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> good on him. Yeah, for real. Also, I think there's a hole in the batter's eye where uh, Kvar's tears hit that one. And it was just a line shot. I think yeah, it was still far, going as it left. Yeah, how far does that that ball go? If there's you know no batter's eye, no trees behind the batter's eye, um, no river there just behind it. I mean that that ball's still rolling probably. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that was that was a freaking rocket. I mean, Dylan Dryling, it looked like me playing top golf. Like it was <laughs> just a huge like swing and and slice out of out of the park. That that looked like uh, it was it was fun to see those. Um, honestly, I mean, not just on the home runs. It just felt like Tennessee found the gaps too. I mean, watching it, it was it was pretty funny. I, I bet you could have. I bet they said it ten times this weekend, maybe more. That the announcers, not even Enrique Bradfield, can get to that one. Uh, every home run, just about that was hit his way. They said it, uh, and he made a lot gap. of plays out there where any other center fielder, it's a hit. He made a lot of plays standing up that I'm thinking I, that just looks like it should have gotten down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's catching balls in like yeah, like left and, and right field. I'm like, why do they even have a an extra player out there? Put them back in the put them in the infield. Oh, they would have loved to do that if they could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, they paid for that. I mean that that's another thing. Like, I mean Tennessee didn't stri- didn't watch strikeouts. You know, there were some strikeouts. I think they had 15 on Friday, but you did play 12 innings. Um, but Tennessee outpitched them. I think they they out hit them, you know, especially. But even if you take out Saturday, Tennessee out hit them. With, That's insane. With the hits, um, because you you hit with 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 runners in scoring position. You hit with two outs. You the the shift didn't. I mean, I don't know why they kept doing it. Every time <laughs> they would do it, we'd beat it, um, or hit one out. I mean, we beat it every way possible. We would hit it where they're not. We bunted down the third base. Actually, like, that's a standing ovation. I've been calling for that for so long. God, I love Jared Dickey. Jared Dickey <laughs> is that guy. Thank you for finally bunting down third base. I mean, dude, like, if if it's like Christian Scott or Hunter Inslee, it's a double. If you can, like, bun it down hard enough, it's a double. Um, Who's the- it's good they finally did that because I was, I've was i been calling for it. 
who who was it that did get kind of shafted by that? They were they were setting up for a bunt. Um, Vanderbilt shifts, and I mean in a normal play, it would have been a one hop over the third baseman. Oh, that was Hunter Insley. That was Hunter Insley, and the shortstop is Santa behind him. So that, I mean that that was just unfortunate. Um, yeah, he was going to play. cover third, and it goes right to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he mashed that ball too. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I no, mean, it, it was good to see. Yeah. And I mean. I think too, like Friday. I mean, Friday wasn't your best hitting display, especially you, you just talked about it. Runners uh, on base, runners in scoring position. You just couldn't put it together. All your home runs were solo shots. So obviously, it was a good day uh, in terms of not only just being able to score, but also uh, when it mattered, really mattered when you had to do it. But um, it felt better to find that, and then Saturday just get go. It's a big day. Yeah, huge day. Big weekend, um, sorry. Big weekend. 7-0 and in, in Tennessee's last seven games against Vanderbilt. Oh, and yeah. I love it. It's two sweeps and once in the SEC tournament. So, they've just had their number. And um, I, th- I think Tony Vitello is like – don't correct me on – correct me if I'm wrong. Nine and six? I think. That sounds right. I, I don't know the exact. Seven. Um, they, obviously, Vanderbilt didn't get the sweep in 21. Yeah, against against the walls. Um, He's got a winning record against Tim Corbin, which I don't think a lot of people in the SEC can say that. Yeah, I I I would imagine there's very few. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It, even it, even kind of just uh, put in a in the chat here. He said, even though we struck out a bit, I loved how competitive at bats this whole series. Yeah, I mean, I, but other than Friday, like we had 15 again in 12 innings. Um, other than that, and they threw their, their best bullpen guy that night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Maldonado pitched. But other than that, I think yesterday you had seven strikeouts, and then today you had six. So keeping that under that, that 10 mark, I, I think it's huge for Tennessee to continue to do. Um, but when, you, when you're able to pitch and play defense, you give yourself a chance, and that's what happened Friday. You put it in reach, and you just right. had to get hot at the right time. And – you know, the rally caps were on. I took my shirt off. It was awesome. Uh, I, I had a lot of people, like, tell me, like, oh, I had a guy say no one wants to see that. I, I feel like people around, were around that. A person around you said that? Or yeah. just tweeted at you? No, 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 no. It was around me. I would have been like, why are you looking at me when we just hit a walk-off homer? Yeah, he was like, no one wants to see it. I'm like, yeah, you're in front of me. Like, you're not going to see it anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, also, like, hey, we just hit a walk-off. Quit looking at me. Yeah. Also, like, a, hey, don't you don't you talk I'll about t- my body? Don't you I'll body take my, shame I'll me? I'll take my pants off and you'll shut up and like yeah, it. Don't you body shame me? I wouldn't have put my shirt back on. You're a better man than me. Yeah. If I didn't, I didn't have anything to drink, so that was completely sober. So I can't imagine if I did have a few beers in me, would have actually would have happened. I wish more people had taken their shirts off with you. I'm disappointed in the ball fans around you. Yeah, tarps off, man. That's yeah, what we're doing. A big walk off homer. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, dude. And that, that's another thing is like Tennessee has so many young guys too. Like yeah. Dylan Dryling, Kavars Tears. Dylan Dryling is a true freshman. Kavars Tears is a redshirt freshman. Jared Dickey is a redshirt sophomore. Hunter Insley is a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, Jake Kendrow start today in, in place of Christian Moore. He's a freshman. Christian Moore's a sophomore. Blake Burke's a sophomore. Uh, Beam, Burns, they're both sophomores. So, I mean, 
I think this team has has found a little bit of swagger to them, and I think that's I think they're only going to get better with how young they are. I think that that confidence comes, and um, you, you honestly learn from mistakes and stuff like that. But this team has a chance to be good in the next like few years too. The future's pretty bright. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you sure. I think you, in twenty twenty four you have the number one recruiting class. Twenty twenty five you have the number two recruiting class. So I, I don't think this program's going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope that's the case. Obviously, still, um, still a lot of baseball to play. That that's the um, still a lot of time to kind of make sure you have everything figured out. We talked about it. Doesn't necessarily get easier from here on out. Um, I mean, Georgia, Georgia completed the sweep this weekend, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, Georgia just swept Arkansas. Um, you have Mississippi State. You have South Carolina, who looks to be the best team in the East. They sweep, sweep, sweep. They swept Florida this weekend. Um, so you still got to play some of your best baseball coming up, which after this weekend, it looks doable. A lot of people said it wasn't, but it certainly looks doable now. I think everyone hoped you figured it out against Vandy. And, uh, I mean, separated the boys from the men, even though they may have done that before for us. Uh, it certainly did this weekend. Yeah, j- just got to continue to play good baseball and, and clean baseball. And then you got to prove that you can win some games on the road. You're one and nine on the road. Yep. So got got to fix that. and. You get a chance. You mentioned Georgia. South Carolina is going to be a tough one, but you do have them. I forget who else. I think Mississippi State's Kentucky, at home. Kentucky's State's at home. home. Yeah. South Carolina's the only away series left, right? No, Georgia's in Athens. In Georgia. Sorry. Why yeah. do I think we played Georgia in Athens last year? We obviously didn't, but I don't for know. some reason was thinking that. Anyways, know. Georgia's away, though. But, yeah. So, Georgia, uh, South yeah, series. just four series left. That's that's insane. we talked about it. That that window it, it was and it is was closing. Kinda, it is still closing a little bit because you are um, you are kind of you put yourself in a position to fight uphill a little bit. Now things are obviously looking up after taking down the number four team. I mean, getting to the postseason is is not as much of a talking point this week as it was last week, um, especially mm-hmm. after Tuesday night. So you did give yourself some room to breathe, but. You still got to go win some baseball games. Yeah, you got to win those two series at home. Um, Mississippi State is is not great. I think they – who did they lose to? They lost – they lose to Auburn. They I mean, lost their series. I think it was – the missed it, man. Yeah, I think it was to Auburn. Um, Kentucky lost their series to Texas A&M. So, uh, you know, those are two winnable series that you probably – you need to win those at home. Um, mm. And then on the road, I think Georgia – I mean, I know they beat Arkansas. I think that's just college baseball. I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're a, a great club by any means. But it's not a. Yeah, but I mean, it, we like proved this said, week, this weekend anything can happen. Yeah, right. It, it is baseball where. Um, and then you mentioned Tennessee's road record, mm-hmm. so certainly not the. Um, and then South Carolina, you got to win a game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you necessarily have to win. It'd be cool if you could win the series, but um, in, in that environment. Um, it is a tough environment to play in. You, you got to at least win a game. I don't think you can go get swept. Um, if you want a chance of hosting a regional. Right. Right. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either. Because, I mean, when you look at the SEC, the the way that it's going to kind of figure itself out, um, just how difficult the conference is in general, I think if you can go win, I'd say three out of the four series – um, I think you have a really good chance of hosting a regional. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for uh, the Vols getting to Hoover in the sense of I'm, you're not going to find a better pitching staff in the country mm. than, than what so many have. arms, too. I mean, so, we didn't even use yeah. a lot of them either. So when I you, mean, Kirk, when you Kirby get, pitched two batters, um, Wyatt Evans still hasn't thrown yet. Uh, Xander could have thrown, didn't didn't have to throw this weekend. Um, I'm trying to think of some more that they just didn't use. Uh, Zach Joyce didn't throw. So, yeah. I mean, you had a lot of guys that you didn't, just didn't even have to throw just because Saturday was kind of in hand and then uh, Sunday was kind of the same thing. I know it got kind of interesting at the, the end of that, but um, you didn't have to throw many arms. Right, Eric so, comes gross. So you get into a situation where you're you need four starters, um, or you know you're having to go to bullpen more. I like, I like Tennessee for that. Obviously, the defense behind it's got to hold up like it did this weekend. Uh, hitting's got to be like it was this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean we're getting into the time of the year that if Tennessee can find any amount of success they did this weekend, things can certainly be be looking up. Yeah. So uh, are the, are the balls back? I'll ask you that. Um, they're oh man. It's a yes or no question. You you can't you can't say I don't know. You just got to say yes or no. Just off what's your gut? Call me a hater. I'm gonna say no. Go oh. sweet Mississippi State. Let me see that swagger next weekend. Okay. I like if, it. if you if one series loss doesn't define you, one series win, one series sweep doesn't define you. All right. Beating Vandy, beating Vandy is nothing to Tennessee. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just part of the gig. It's why you wear a orange. That's awesome. I hope they're they're still in traffic on I forty right now. <laughs> I nobody can nobody can argue with what I just said. It's not possible. That's true. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. I was I, I was just ready to call you a negative all, but I, I get what you're saying now. It makes sense. So, um, it's good to see a swagger back. I don't know if it was. The I, I think we're all kind of wait and see. I don't. I don't think that's. That, that's that's not unfair to say that. I, th- I think I think you have to be, and it's it's not a knock on this team. What they did this weekend was huge, and uh, it you know it, it can't be cast cast to the side. It's not oh oh that was nothing. This you know this season still blah blah. blah. No, like yeah, that was big what they did this weekend. But um, there's like like we've been saying, there's still a lot of baseball ahead of you. There is, and, yeah. and you still got a lot to play for. And I definitely think it, it has shown that like. And we've seen this before, this Vanderbilt series, but Tennessee can beat anybody. They have the talent, too. This weekend was proof of the talents there. You just got to figure it out. Like, this yeah. weekend was that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Corbin, you can, you can. He can suck it. I guess they got better stickers this year. They, they didn't even test the, the waters and that. As I guess it's hard. It, I mean, there was so many bats to, to check, and so I guess he just – Refuse. He's just like it's not even worth it. It's it's very poetic, right? That Tennessee beats them seventeen to one on Saturday after he pulled that stunt last year. Yeah, and it's awesome that there is like I hate the the mercy rule in SEC play, but it is kind of nice. But like, yeah, we'll just play this one seven innings. See ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I we should call Cody Hahn right now and be like, hey, you know, <laughs> did you enjoy that this weekend? And see what his just first initial reaction is. He definitely did. I, I yeah. mean, I would love to hear what he had to say, but he he. There's zero doubt in my mind how much. I got the. I I just kind of said like, "Hey," in passing yesterday as as I was leaving, but I did get to see him yesterday. Okay, nice. Um, he was smiling ear to ear, so I know he was excited. <laughs> All 
Uh, I do want to talk about the Christian Moore thing because I, we talked about this earlier in the year. I don't remember if it was actually during baseball season or not, but I don't understand why baseball doesn't have a uh, – similar to football, you have a, like a personal foul 15-yard penalty. First one's not an ejection. Your second one is, no matter how soft it is. <coughs> um, a ba- uh, basketball, you have technical foul, flagrant. You know, first one's not an ejection. Second one, worst or not, is, is ejection. Soccer, mm-hmm. yellow. Red card, obviously. Some can get warrant an ejection, just like the other sports, if they're they're bad enough. Because um, I'm not saying what – I don't even know if Christian Moore's warranted that. He, he didn't – I guess you maybe you charge the guy, you get a warning, whatever. But he didn't touch him. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't think – I don't even think the hit shove on Dolander was that hard. But and I'll give the announcers credit this. They, they equated it to football. Like, you do that to the quarterback, you're going to have some words and, and maybe some – yeah, um, some bumps there to to answer to that. Yeah, you you so get I, a reaction every time you do something like that. It doesn't matter who it is. But yeah, but if it's a pitcher, that's going to elevate it. No, that, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah. matter what team. It it, it oh, isn't okay, just yeah. because it's Tennessee. Any time that you put your hands on a pitcher, yes, you're going to get a reaction. Yes. Yes, I don't understand it. Um, and, and honestly, like I mean, it didn't seem like the umpire. The most really egregious like, thing was the umpire shoving Christian yeah. Moore. And they didn't seem to, to calm down the situation much. Um, they, they seemed to kind of – maybe it was a pretty boring game, I guess, for them. They had to get some action going yeah. in some and way. Make it about themselves. Yeah. Uh, it seemed, Tony Vitello said he was going to pull him off the field anyways, um, and then he gets ejected for it. It did end up – they everyone thought it was a four game, which I heard that, and I was like, how in the world – could that possibly be a four yeah. game ejection? I don't know where that came from. I mean, that's pitchers are four games. Now they they do review it, and if it is egregious, they could give him more. But it is not just a a pitcher so, can will get a four game suspension because obviously he doesn't. Right. That's what they were. That's the rule they were referencing. Yes. And apparently it has changed several times. Mm. So yeah, that that's the rule they were referencing. Which I was like, that's just not possible. Unappeal like it, it would. You can't appeal it in four game. I was. If you if that's the case and you're an umpire, you have to know that rule and know you could never toss a guy for that. Yeah. One game, nah, okay, maybe. But four, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. Um, but no, it was it was very dumb. Apparently you had Vanderbilt players leave the dugout, couldn't see that on TV, but that's what everyone said. Oh, they did. Yeah, they yeah. were they're like at the third baseline. So I I don't understand that. Football has rules for entering the field of play if you're not a part of the play. Basketball has it. I gotta imagine baseball has it. Oh, you can't even – I mean, they don't even want you to come out of the dugout to celebrate a home run. So, yeah. yeah. It, 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 was an, it was an absurd situation all around. Um, I mean, I agree with Fatello. Maybe kind of know the, the pace of the game. Um, maybe don't charge him there. Maybe just take a friendly stroll through uh, past the first base bag and, and let him know what you thought of it and that, he'll, that you'll get is, him next Is that time. why you think he got ejected because of the charging or just yeah. the way? I, I think that's got – I think that had to be it. I think it okay. had to be. Because um, like, I, I, I think wor- words like getting you can't get ejected for saying something. Okay, right. that, that is the softest thing in the entire world. I mean, the oldest saying in the book is "sticks and stones," and you know we're tossing somebody over something that he said, and I don't even know what he said, and I'm sure the umpire probably doesn't know what he said. So how that was my thing is like, how can you eject somebody when you have no clue like what was said or? And, like, and it didn't look like he had any intent to make it physical, personally. Like, he yeah. never put his hands up. He never – he just ran up into his face. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I'm kind of with Tony. Is like kind of know the situation. Like we don't need you gone for another game. But also, it, it shouldn't have been in question. Like, yeah. yeah, like tempers flare all the time. I don't think just because people get in each other's face, it doesn't. It shouldn't warrant a re- an ejection. Yeah, absolutely. At any point. But we also saw a Florida pitcher get tossed this year for saying, "Come on, let's go." Maybe towards the opposing dugout. So, I mean, well, Aaron Combs got a there. warning after that strikeout to end the inning. It's insane because he he would like did the same thing that like Chase Burns did, but he did it toward Cal Stark or maybe the batter. I don't who knows. <laughs> um, and then he get he gets a warning for it. I'm like, guys, like chill. See, but why? So that so warnings do exist in baseball, apparently. Even though, even yeah, even though it, they that. didn't, they didn't feel like so they needed to use. Why one would Christian Moore just not get a warning there? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. So warnings only exist if the umpires want them to exist, apparently. Right. Because there's no way Christian Moore's was warrant like warranted an ejection if you can issue a warning. Yeah. That's my problem with baseball. Baseball, yeah. like the way the game can be officiated. You know, it's it's karma on me because Friday night I was like, man, we're flying through this game. Like, it was like in the seventh inning, and we had been there like less than two hours. I'm like, dude, oh, like we're going to get out of here in like two hours and 15 minutes and be on the road. Now, it worked out for Tennessee because you need to go into the extra innings, but um, it was funny because that ended up being the longest game of the weekend. And it was – I mean, both pitchers, I mean, they are just mowing each other down yeah definitely definitely worked out in Tennessee's favor yeah so thank you for that jinx shout out to that (laughs) oh also my dad is in another in another video like a highlight video is he and I'm sitting next to him what did I do something to the the baseball account you must have where's it so the video is on the baseball account yeah, it, it's it's like them doing the final. It's like the final score video. My dad is like at the end of it. Oh, nice from today. Yeah, and I'm Good sitting enough. right next to him. <laughs> but you can't be seen in it. No. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So I don't know what I did, but all right. So we've got uh, anything else for baseball? That's all I got. Good weekend. Suck it, Vandy. Absolutely suck it. Um, all right. Breakout players this fall. Actually, we got a basketball transfer we got to talk about. <laughs> we got another gif is what we got. All right, go ahead. Sorry. We got That's another what? Video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great video. Um, I, might to, I might have to update our, our intro now. That one might be better. To. It might. He's got that... Uh, He's got that like Tiger Woods fist yeah. going. Um, yeah, basketball Atlanta, another transfer. The last time we spoke, um, they had landed Chris Ledlam and uh Jordan Ganey. I keep wanting to say Justin, um, out of the transfer portal. Now they land um Northern Colorado wing Dalton Connect. And he's six six, two hundred pounds. Apparently he was like six foot when he went to junior college and he grew three inches in junior college and then Gets in Northern Colorado and grows three more inches uh, to 6'6". And now he's 6'6", 200 pounds. Um, average 20 points a game, 7.2 rebounds per game, 47% from the field this season, and a 38% from three. Um, had a double-double against 
Baylor. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds. Um, had 24 points against Colorado, so common opponent with Tennessee this season. Um, is listed as the number 18 transfer, so that gives Tennessee the number five, I think, transfer class in the country. And I think that's a little skewed because Olivier is in the transfer portal, so it counts as like a negative on our end, which I don't think he's going to end up transferring anywhere. <laughs> um, so whatever. T- I think Tennessee did a really good job in the transfer portal, getting some guys, getting some scores. And, uh, you know, again, we have to see if it translates. But, I mean, this is a legit, like, NBA-sized wing at 6'6", 200 pounds. Yeah. Can get He's to the player. rim, can dunk. Yeah, say, he um, looks like just aggressive. Yeah. So Also, we could have used those 20 points against Colorado. That would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, definitely would have been the leading scorer on our team. Also, I retract my statement. The Tennessee Volunteers are back. We officially have a small ballpark tweet from Vanderbilt fans. So, yeah, the Tennessee Volunteers are back. Heck, yeah. What, what did they yeah. say? They live and die with the long ball, and their Little League ballpark is a big part of it. <laughs> I don't understand that argument when both teams played there. I don't get that. I'll never understand that argument. Also, why would I don't know why would that change you being able to play small ball? What does that do to it? That's unreal. I don't. I I don't know. They're mad that Griffin Merritt's heels were on the left field wall and threw him out a second. Like that wouldn't been an impressive throw in any ballpark. (laughs) I was was watching a video that I just got sent of uh, Drew Beam giving his cleats. Did you see his cleats today? I did Carly. see him. I yeah, he gives them to though. his sister Carly in this video that okay. was tweeted out. So I don't need to watch. I don't need to cry. Right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, killing the transfer portal. Love it. More points. Just give me more yeah, points. Definitely. Uh, speaking, of, you, you talk about Olivier not expecting to transfer. I mean, Rick Barnes' comments were kind of strange. I didn't read the full context of them, but said he knew he wanted to go pro. So, did you read that? Did you see that? He knew his intention. Yeah, the way I, like, read it is, like, that was – that's been his goal since he got to Tennessee was to go pro. Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) I think that's everybody. Yeah, but, I mean, like, yeah. So, when he entered the transfer portal, like, I I don't, don't think they expect him back anyway. Okay. Good deal. Whatever. I mean – He'd been great for four or five games. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Um, is Olivier coming back? Josiah? Olivier? Is he coming back? Olivier. Uh, Urosh? Uh, hell no. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, is he? <laughs> that was my question. Okay. <laughs> There's my decision. No. All right. That's, that sounds good to me. Uh, in Tennessee football land, a transfer Jemias Hurd out of uh, the state of Georgia, three-star defensive lineman, 6'8", 293 pounds. Where do these kids even, like, like what do they eat? How are people so big? I don't I – don't. 6'8", as a junior in high school? What is that – why? How? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I, – I love to see it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're like his only like big time offer. But hey, if Rodney Garner thinks you're good enough to play in this defense, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. it. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. And I mean, I don't. And the good news is, I don't know if Tennessee needs just like an immediate impact guy. So yeah, I mean, we we I did have a defensive good. lineman enter the transfer portal in uh, Amari McNeil, who played a little bit last year. Um, just kind of part of that defensive line rotation. I guess he just wanted more playing time. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall with adding Omar Norman Lott and DJ Terry, Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting some, but Atari West is another one. So maybe he just saw that and he was like, you know, I probably don't have a a shot of playing right. or, or just having a small role within that defensive line room. So not a big loss, but – uh. And you're going to see that. Like, I mean, Tennessee is now at where they're they're at that scholarship threshold or whatever. So, I mean, they can't keep everybody. Yeah. It's Which is funny because somebody, like, tweeted – I don't know why, but they tweeted, they're like, this is why rankings don't matter. And it was – and, like, I get what he's saying, but it was just funny how he said – it was like from it was from 2020. It was like Tennessee's 2021 class, and literally one person on the list is still at Tennessee. <laughs> and it's Jalen Wright who almost left. <laughs> it's just a little bit of turnover. Yeah. It happens a little bit. <laughs> a lot of that is like before. Pruitt was fired too, so. And you had a right. three win season that year, so that didn't help anything. <laughs> oh, how those those are in the past. I don't even know why. No, hopefully, those are in the past. We're good. <laughs> yeah. All right, who's some uh, breakout players for you? Um, I know, I know we're kind of slow on content, but I, I yeah. did think this was kind of interesting because. We've seen some guys like it, it seems like there's a different guy, and, and a lot of people saw Jalen Hyatt probably being a breakout player. I don't know if they thought he was going to be the best. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody wide receiver in college football say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but they did expect like him to make a jump in in this off season. So I guess who are some guys that maybe like played sparingly last year? I don't know how we want to go about this. You know, maybe we have different answers based on like what we, you know, how much production they had last year. But I, I do think it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, so I've got two kind of answers to go a different direction or one to go a different direction and one to kind of go, I guess you could say, play sparingly. It's the running back position. Um, I think it obviously looks very similar to last year. Um, but I think it's – I think your number one back, your your best all around, I think it's Jalen Wright this year. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people have Jabari Small being kind of that main contributor like he was – um, but I think when it's all wrapped up, said and done, put a bow on it, it's going to be Jalen Wright. He's your number one back. He's going to be your your best runner, your best blocker, your best in the pass game um, when it's all said – or as a whole, not mm-hmm. best individually necessarily, but uh, most well-rounded, and, and he's going to be more your go-to guy. And then a guy that kind of played sparingly, and this shouldn't shock anyone by any means, but I think it's going to be Dylan Sampson. I mean, he seemed to kind of improve. He was already one of your better runners. He seemed to improve in pass block. Um 
and in the passing game as a total throughout the year. And so I think it's those two guys are going to be your number one and number two when, when the season's said and done. Yeah, Dylan Sampson, guys, I think they only ran the speed option when he was in. Um, so just an added yeah. wrinkle that you can include with Dylan Sampson. Yeah, he just seems – that speed's just different with Dylan right. Sampson. Um, yeah, he has that where he hits it. When he gets to the next level, he can really – not that Jalen Wright and Jabari Small don't get faster, but he can really explode and, and create separation. And he's just a he's a he's a different runner. That's the right yeah. way to say it. And Jalen Wright, he's he was kind of that same way, like coming into his freshman year, like you know, super fast, um, can make people miss in the open field, you know, this and that. But he's gotten like big in yeah. his couple years on 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 Rocky Top. So um, I do think he is your most talented back because he has that ability to to break away, number one. I mean, you saw mm-hmm. that against Vanderbilt a couple times. Um, I mean, just dunking on Vanderbilt <laughs> this weekend, love it. Um, and, and then you have, like, he's gotten that size to him, too, where he can run between the tackles right, and, and fall forward. Yeah, no, it's uh, – I mean, I'm excited to see both those two. And, and I think, you know, Jabari will be a good back, too, but I think those are going to be your, your guys this year. Yeah. I think it was kind of hard for me to pick an offensive one because I didn't know how we were going to go about it with just production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Dante Thornton is one that, you know, people keep pointing to as having that kind of year like a Jalen Hyatt um, right. could have. I'm going to go with with Brew McCoy, and maybe he was a breakout player last year, but I, I do think he is going to have a bigger role this season. Yeah, this um, year will probably be better, Tim. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have you don't have to share the ball with Cedric Tillman. You don't have to share the ball with Jalen Hyatt. Um, I, I think he should be one of your go tos, and you know a guy that Joe Milton's already comfortable with, and a, a guy that showed up in huge moments last year. Probably had the catch of the year. Um, I know Jalen Wright had or Jalen Hyatt had a couple of those in, in that Alabama game, but none was bigger than than Brew McCoy's to set up that field goal. Yeah, no, for sure. And, I mean, I think you talked about comfortability, and that's going to be big um, because outside of Brew's only guy that I guess is – he was, I guess, consistent all year. Um, He was there all year. Now that – obviously, there's a new quarterback, so that changes it up a little bit. Um, But he was there. I mean, but Joe Milton should be very familiar with Ramel Keaton and Squirrel White as well as Brew McCoy. But, yeah, Brew's going to – I think I agree with you that I think Brew's going to be the uh, kind of that Cedric Tillman role early on in the year, maybe the mm-hmm. outlet, if you will. Uh, but I, th- I mean, I, I expect big things all around from from those first that first probably two groups of wide receivers. There's yeah. a lot of talent. I'm, I'm Brew, curious to see. We and saw just the coolest name to to say, for sure. even though you do have Squirrel in that too. But Brew's squirrel, a yeah. little bit easier to say. Yeah, yeah, and a little like to keep it simple, stupid yell. here. Yeah. A little bit easier to yell too. Yeah. But I mean, there's a, I'm interested to see how we talked about it last year. We thought the wide receiver group would be a little bit stronger. Maybe you see more than three. It looks like this coaching staff likes to pretty much keep the three same guys out there. Um, I assume it's going to be the same way this year. Obviously, you have Ramel Keaton make m- much bigger impact due to injury, but curious to see what kind of happens uh, before injury if that rotation is still three guys or if you see more because there's plenty of freakish talent. And they kind of opened it up a little bit when Cedric Tillman came back. You know, yeah. they kind of played four, which – and I kind of think with Dante Thornton, you know, you have Ramel and Squirrel, you know, guys that have made plays for you. I think they're comfortable with those four guys. 
Um, so I, I would be shocked if they only played three because I, I think there's four like really capable guys. It's just they want to keep it tight in. And, and that's something else I'd like to see more is like, do you have see- to go an entire series without a tight end or can you sub them in and out? Yeah, I would like to see that more. I don't, I don't love, um, and maybe that changes too this year with having tight ends that seem more capable in the past game. And that's not a knock on Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant, who I thought played well last year. They're just not. Um, they don't. Look they were, to be they like, weren't huge mismatches. Yeah, they don't look to be like a maybe an Ethan Davis could be, which I know that's putting a lot on him. But he just looks. You mentioned it, he played more wide receiver, which I know Jacob Warren did, but he's he's pretty far removed from high school by the time Josh Heupel got here. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different in that scenario, but yeah, maybe more capable, but anytime we go, um, you know, to, to five wide or, or anything like that, or I'd, I'd like to see that wide receiver out there, like you said, for that mismatch opportunity. Yeah. Um, I, I got one, one more, um, well, I got two more actually, and they're on the defensive side. I don't know if you have any defensive, um, but I'll, uh, I'll go got- first one if you want to go one as well. Okay. Yeah, you good. Okay. I'm gonna go Danico Slaughter. Okay. Um, I think a, a full year at cornerback is where he needs to go. I mean, you saw that uh, pass breakup he had in the Orange and White game. I mean, he just seemed different last year in terms of ball skills and just like raw athleticism um, at that corner spot. He's a bigger corner, um, which in this league I think you need bigger corners. And I think the way that Josh Heupel and this and Willie Martinez and the staff has Recruited guys, they they do want bigger corners out there because they can be more physical and and run different stuff. Um, you can blitz you can blitz a lot more if a guy's not able to get off the line as easy. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think Nico Slaughter is definitely probably your CB one. Um, he just seems different. I think him just actually embracing that position. As like this is where I'm at. This is where I'm going to go to the NFL at. I, I think that's huge for him, and um, it should. I mean, he intercepted the ball. That's what we've been waiting on, and he did that against Kentucky. And I just think he's going to have a lot more to, just the way he plays. Yeah, I like that. Um, my guy is going to be Joshua Josephs. I mean, dudes. Every time he was on the field last year, he was a freak. It, it kind of blew my mind. He wasn't on the field more uh, this yeah. year. Maybe kind of still in a rotation. Maybe ha- maybe won't be your number one guy, but he still he should play more this year. Absolutely, like there's zero doubt about that. I feel like, um, not that Byron Young or Tyler Barron, I don't think they took a step back or anything. Maybe just didn't take a step forward how you wanted to this year. Um, and so I'd really like to to see a, a build up on that. And Joshua Josephs just looks like a, a freak of nature when he's on the field. Um, the game you saw him most, I feel like, was LSU. I don't know if that's true. By snap count, that's where you felt you saw him most. And just seemed to be able to make a huge impact, not just being able to get to the ball, um, but being a, a guy on the edge that was really strong and, and um, played smart. And so I, I I hope it's him this year. I hope it is. And it kind of has to be, right, with Byron Young leaving, it, it kind of has to be Joshua Josephs has to um, take that next step or James Pierce or somebody in that group has to. But, yeah, right. it looks – based off of last year, you're thinking that that probably is Joshua Joseph. He just seems – he seemed more. I don't know. James Pierce looks like a freak too, but he, he just seemed like more. He's a man. They, they, he was out there, so they they obviously trusted him more than they right. did James Pierce. Right. Now that's who I want it to be. I hope it is. Nineteen, baby. 
Not anybody else you want to talk about in fall? Uh, gas and more. Yeah. <laughs> QB one. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's gonna have a lot of garbage time touchdowns. I can I can feel it. <laughs> oh, you think you think he's two now? No, I, I don't. I just think like <laughs> he's gonna have like they're probably gonna play Nico for a little bit, and they'll play Gas and more a little bit too. I don't think they want to be in the same situation they were last year where they felt like they didn't have somebody behind Joe Milton if he would if he were to get hurt. Yeah. So. But yeah, I guess and more. I wonder I wonder what happened in uh in over on uh over with softball this weekend. Karen Weekly had a tweet, "Hey scorekeepers, a sack fly can only be recorded when a base runner scores." Advancing a base runner on a fly ball without scoring is a at bat and an out. Oh, what drama's happening over at a uh, Park Sherry Parker Lee Stadium? Well, I know the softball team run rolled Florida yesterday, and I think they're down four to three. It's okay. It's seven to three right now in Florida. She did tweet that at one forty three p.m. today, so I don't know when that that uh, shakeup occurred. Oh, this game just started. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know what caused ago. that one. Like an hour ago, yeah. Maybe it was something from yesterday. I did see uh, some, maybe some drama in the scorekeeping. Apparently, Ole Miss scorekeepers are, are awfully friendly to them. Um, they had a uh, maybe some some balls get or uh, some some balls in the infield get through. They got written down as error rather than a hit. So a little home cooking. Love it for the scorekeepers sometimes. Yeah, I mean they they weren't. I saw some of where where did you see that? There was there was another game I saw where like. I think eleven point seven. Okay, yeah, that's, that that's where down I'm as an error. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was like one was a freaking rocket to the shortstop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had to dive for it almost. <laughs> yeah. I think it did touch his glove, um, but it was certainly not an error. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great if it didn't touch him at all, and it got written down as an error. <laughs> I love it. if it touches your glove, it's an error. <laughs> yep, it's a good way to keep score for sure. Yeah. All right, all right. We already hit on uh, Barnes landing a transfer. You got, you got, you you made you messed me up, man. This was clearly is not an AI scripted podcast, as you can tell. Did, what did I say? We did the transfer before breakout players is full. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I think it, people can tell though. This isn't fake. This isn't, um, <laughs> you know, nothing nothing fake about it. This is all <laughs> us. So we can get we can actually get in trouble for this one. That's what I put in the show. It's not what I have. I have breakout players this fall, and then Barnes lands another transfer. Dylan, what do you? Got? Oh yeah, that's right. I did do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, it's okay. You just I, I just trying to figure out what just what's keep next. me on your toes, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Barnes lands another transfer. Nope, skipping that one. Sorry, I messed up again. <laughs> do we have any questions? <laughs> um, let me see if we have. I don't think I, I got any here. Let me double check though. Uh, somebody did ask if we could do a um, predict our starting five next year with Connect involved as well. With with what Dalton Connect? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right, I, I feel like it's it. the same thing. Like it's that that. That three spot is where I'm just yeah. like I I don't know. 
Um, I think that does make me lean more towards potentially being Dalton. I'm glad you can say it's just connect. That's his last name. That's how they're saying it on his highlight tape. All right, cool. Um, I think that he looks like a more like well-rounded guy. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only shakeup I would see in it than what we said on Thursday with uh, Jamal Meshack there. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think it could be Meshack, especially like, the first exhibition game. I think it very well could be Meshack. When it, and it might be with, you know, depending on where Zakai's at. Uh, that's that's true. So could be a, a – If Zakai's not there, I definitely think it's – Jemai is, is one of those spots. That's true, too. Yeah. Which probably is the case. Probably the first half month or so, you probably don't see uh, Ziegler much or at all. Mm. So that probably is what it is. I kind of – I mean, because ACLs are a little bit different than they used to be. Um, he's probably back in the gym with them come fall practice when it starts. Yeah. I'm not saying he's 100%, but he's back with them, I'm sure. Which is insane. I mean, used to, like, even a few years ago, ACLs was like, oh, yeah, that's a year. You're out that's for 12 months. <laughs> yep. And now it's like, oh, in six months, you'll be good to go. I mean, that's what's weird about people acting like, Hendon Hooker's draft stock just plummeted. It's like, ah, I mean, you might fall a few, but people know he'll be back by training camp. Right. So. Well, it's like that one surgery that, that two and Cedric Tillman had. Yeah, you're back in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what in the world? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's wild. Um, well, I guess we can ask this one. We had this one on Thursday, but we didn't have enough time. We good. got plenty right now. What team has the high expect, highest expectations that you think will fail this season in college football? We can just do SEC if you want, or if you have another one. Say that team again. With the, team with the highest expectations that will fail. Mm, okay. A lot of people said Colorado when I saw this oh. question asked, and I just don't see Colorado having a ton of expectations. I think people expect them to honestly not be that good still. Yeah. Was very. I didn't think Colorado was a good answer. Um, I, I mean, I think – I think in the SEC, unfortunately, I think one of the teams is Tennessee that has – maybe that's just Tennessee fans that have that expectation, I hope. I think a lot of people do look at Tennessee as a big rebuild, losing Hendon Hooker. Um, you also lose Jeremy Banks. Um, you lose Jalen Hyatt. I mean, that's a lot of big impact guys. Byron yeah. Young. Like, you lose a ton of impact guys. That Cedric Tillman, who I know wasn't a big impact this year, but – is is someone you lose off the off the roster? So maybe that's just a Tennessee thing that I think. I think Darnell Wright's the the biggest one. Darnell Wright, yeah, that's another guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think as far as the SEC goes, I, I got to imagine Alabama's got to be on that list. And um, I know did you see their some, spring game. Yeah, and I'm not even putting much stock in their spring game, but I think everyone knew that they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. Before not not one, game, not one that the they've game. had like right. In recent years. Before the spring game, though, I mean, there was already talks of uh, Van Dyke potentially transferring to Alabama for Miami. Yeah, I don't get that. But that, yeah. like, before Here, that – Here's one thing about Van – I'm not scared of his ass either. <laughs> but, the, like, before that spring game even occurred, that was already – there were already talks of that. Yeah. Yeah, no one um, feels comfortable. And and in the spring game, it, it wasn't answered. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel any better coming out of that spring game than you did going into it. Probably worse. No, no absolutely not. But yeah, I think I think Alabama could certainly be. And I'm not like seven and five Alabama, but if they don't play in an S, if they don't play in the SC championship game this year, I won't be shocked. Yeah, 
but I think there's still also expectations of Alabama being Alabama. Yeah, I think Georgia's just going to reload again. I think they have a quarterback that they need to figure out, but I mean they got like three five stars on that roster at quarterback. I don't I don't understand. Yeah. I just think that the the guys that they've included in their wide receiver core, the Ra Ra Thomas, Dominique, um, love it. Um, you know, those two guys are are, are playmakers, so I, I think they'll be. You know, you still got Brock Bowers, so they're gonna be good offensively. They're gonna have running backs for sure. Um, that defense will just reload. But you know, they're a team that continues to like rebuild, and that's why we talk about stacking classes is so crucial. Right. Um, I just don't think that they fall off. Now, do they win a national championship? I don't know because I think Stetson Bennett, like as much as people like made fun of him, I think like he was the perfect storm for right. them to win it. He didn't try to do too much. He weren't he wasn't turning the football over, and he was just athletic enough to get out of bad situations. And then, of course, that defense was the best defense in America. So, yeah, I think they'll be really good this year. I'm with you. I don't know if they'll dominate like they did the past two years, but they'll be really good. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, I think going out of the SEC, I think Florida State's an interesting watch. They're kind of like Tennessee maybe, where they found a ton of momentum this year. I mean, think about the start they had. They should have lost LSU. Somehow win. Um, so, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what this year looks like for them. But They I were like ready to fire him. Like, that's like, very strange. Yeah. Very strange. And now I they're all they back to, on back in the boat. Then you have Clemson who, you know, kind of in, in a much like – much more watered down since kind of like Georgia where Clemson's still going to be good. Now, will they be as good as even last year? How are they ranked what? above Tennessee? I, I, I have no idea. I don't understand that. I, I, I mean, Tennessee I literally like went into the orange bowl without those guys you mentioned and, and beat the brace off of them. Yeah. Like my hope is like the national media has not put a ton on Tennessee right now. Clearly. Yeah. Cause that was the AP poll, wasn't it? I forget what poll. I believe it was something like that. Yeah, I believe it was AP. So yeah, I, I don't. I think Clemson or uh, Florida State is one of those teams, but I think there should absolutely be expectations they win the ACC in a year like this year. A mm-hmm. uh, and M too. I mean, like they're super talented, um, but I, I doubt they'll find quarterback. Man, yeah, quarterback. And I mean, it's just like they're in a bad position in terms of the West. You have LSU, who's got Brian Kelly now, and. And already played for an SEC title. You obviously have Alabama. Um, you have Auburn, who just hired Hugh Freeze. You have uh, Ole Miss, who, yeah, they may not play at the top of the SEC West, but they're going to have the ability to come in and be you. Arkansas, who's not all that great, but they can win ball games. Obviously, they can also lose ball games. Uh, Liberty. So, I mean, they're they're just in a really bad position. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, a safe answer. I'm going to go Miami and Notre Dame are definitely going to not meet expectations. <laughs> does, does Notre Dame have expectations? Does Miami even have expectations this year? I feel like they always do. They're always like, oh, dude, like we have so many recruits coming in. We got this transfer. You know, we got this new quarterback, and they're just ass. <laughs> and Notre Dame, of course, is going to win like – Every ball game until one that it actually matters and and lose it. So that's usually how it goes. Yeah, I like those safe. That's a good point. Safe answers. Will Oregon be good? Oregon might be pretty good. Like similar to how they were last year, and they don't have to play Georgia in the Georgia Dome to open. Or I guess not the Georgia Dome anymore, but in Atlanta to open the season and get their brains beat in. 
is Morgan is Morgan <laughs> is Oregon better than USC? No, no. Okay, I doubt it. Doubtful. Very, very much doubt it. What about UCLA? How do they look after? They lose DTR, don't they? Yeah, DTR's gone. So yeah, it's it's, yeah. I think with one of those teams has to like go down, right? Because like USC, Oregon, you have Washington that's pretty good. Utah, which, which might they lose. Utah surely, loses, uh, don't they? Uh, Cam uh, Rising, don't okay, they lose yeah, him? Yeah, he was a he was a old older quarterback too, wasn't he? Yeah, like a fifth or sixth year guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. Does Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. have another year? Michael I mean, Penix Jr. I'm pretty sure he is playing for Washington this year. I'm pretty God sure. God bless. Yeah, and they might be pretty good too. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone like USC was just is Oklahoma. Are the people expecting them to be good? I don't know. Did you see their spring game? They had it was like eighty four to eighty two. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They had like the Butch Jones scoring methods. Oh, good for them. They had. Uh, I wish I had screenshot it. They had. I mean, he's a defensive guy, so I I get Venables like wanting to like give the defense some points. But they, they also listed out in how they score in their spring game that you got zero points for a missed field goal, zero points for something else that was very obvious. You'd get zero points for. I was like, why do you need to list that out? Like, <laughs> that you shouldn't get points for that. The other team should get points. <laughs> I think they did, thankfully. But yeah, it was very weird. Very strange. Hmm. Just play some good old fashioned football. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Put the ball down, go play. Yeah, the, Josh Heibel gets accused of all this gimmicky shit, and they didn't even do that. No. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, I guess that's all for the questions. That's all I got. Let's, uh, yeah. most important, Dylan, you want to get in here too if you got any? Most important, man. I'm going to kick it off fast and fun. Like Josh Heupel's offense, freaking Wrexham, Wrexham FC officially. That's Rob and Ryan. They wrecked them. Yep, Wrexham FC. Uh, they are officially promoted into League Two out of whatever semi-pro league they were in, the fifth league. Um, I don't know how that works, but uh, they were in the fifth tier, I guess, of professional football, not the fifth league, national league. Sorry, that's it. Um, Rob, Rob Ryan, it, Rob Ryan. Um, Ron Reynolds. Yeah, Ron Reynolds and Rob McElhaney's. That's their team, Wrexham. Okay. You haven't, you still haven't watched Welcome to Wrexham, have you? I haven't. No, I haven't. No, it's awesome. You got to watch it for next season because they, they do have a second season that's, that'll have this promotion and, um, in that. But yeah, they officially got promoted. Super Paul Mullins scores, scores two to, to secure that. And, um, they're going up, baby. Fans are storming the field. They've been out of league football for, for 15 years. So if you're a Tennessee fan, it should feel very similar to that story. I got to imagine the feels of getting promoted just Saturday night had to be very similar to that October Saturday night kind of type of deal. Um, okay. It got emotional. You saw some tears between, between Rob and Ryan. So yeah, dude, it feels, it, it's awesome. One of my like, ROI through the roof, man. Oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> Not yet, I guess. They've they pumped a, mon- a ton of money into that team. And it's really cool. They have one of the – Wrexham has one of the oldest international football stadiums. I guess that's where Wales plays is why it's listed as that. Um, they have had to pump a ton of money into that facility because it's been just not taken care of because the team before them was owned by the fans, owned by the town essentially. Nice. So they just did not have a ton of money. Like the Packers. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they've had to pump a ton of money, not just into that, but into getting players. 
um, that were quality enough to promote. So yeah, it's get, get ready to get the checkbook out again. If you want to keep moving up. Cause that's the thing. Are they the Wrexham Rexes? They're Rex, they're Rex, Wrexham. 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 They, I don't, they're just Wrexham FC. They're, they're not. Oh yeah. They don't have like a name. No, they do oh. have a dragon, I believe on their crest. So could it be the Rexes? Like, is that what their like nickname would be? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they have a nickname like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know many of their chants except for Paul Mullen's chant. Um. So no, I'm not aware of, of anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> the last episode I watched of Ted Lasso, they had the wolves. So that's yes. Why I was uh, yeah, they they do have the wolves. It's, um. I guess it's is it Wolverhampton? Wolverhampton? Yeah. Or is that wondering? That might be wondering. That's the wolves. It was. Yeah, I think that yeah, is, I think it was Wolverhampton. Joke. That's right. No, I think it's. Hold on. Yeah. No, Wolverhampton was the Wanderers. But I guess they call them the Wolves. But that's they're not the Wolves. They're Wolverhampton oh. Wanderers. Yeah, that's what it is. Hmm. Oh well, that that just confused the hell out of me. So, um, I get their, their logo that? is uh, is a I guess a wolf or maybe it's a wonder. I guess wolves are wonders. Um, but yeah, they're the Wolverhampton Wonders. Oh, so great, just be confusing. Yeah, I mean that, that. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, what are you gonna do? We're the Tennessee <laughs> Volunteers, and we have a dog as our mascot. So, what what are you gonna do? Hey, dogs always volunteer. <laughs> To eat your food. <laughs> yeah. Um. Dang, I had one. That is a that, that is part of the joke in Ted Lasso. I'm about to go watch back and see exactly how they laid it out. But yeah, they aren't the wolves. They're the wanderers. But they call wanderers. themselves the wolves. Um. I don't really have. Oh, I do have. I have a good, great stat. So. This weekend's series sweep over Vanderbilt was Tennessee baseball's 12th SEC sweep under Tony Vitello. Prior to Vitello's arrival in 2018, the Vols had swept just 12 SEC series in the previous 15 years. Wow. <laughs> Tony That's V effect, insane. baby. That is stupid. Um, I'm also glad you mentioned – the Wolverhampton, they have, I think it's them. I'm about to find it. They're in a, they played for, I think, I think they played for relegation one time. And it was an insane video where a team misses a PK, fans think it's over, they storm the field, and then Wolverhampton goes down and scores to either promote or avoid relegation. I'm about to go find the video. God, it's we've awful. been there before. It's, it's electric. It is. <laughs> It is insane. Just when you think it's over. Do you have any more most importance? I believe that's it, but let me me check my check my notes here. Your notes. No, that's that's it for me. Okay. You wanna go fail? Yeah, let's let's hit some fails. Uh, mine's, my first one is Dylan Brooks <laughs> going out LeBron. I mean, it's one thing to like go out LeBron, just like get on his nerves, but it's one thing is like, I don't care. He's old. 
I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they can come and give me 40. Dude, you average like 14 points per game, so you don't even respect yourself. Like LeBron is 38 years old. He's never in his life averaged just 14 points in a season. So Dylan Brooks is just – he's a chode. <laughs> and I kind of like the I kind of like the Grizzlies, but like Dylan Brooks is just the absolute worst. I don't even think Memphis Grizzly fans like Dylan Brooks. He's like he's like our version, or he's he's their version of our Urosh. Okay, interesting comparison. <laughs> it's it's like why why would you why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know why you poke that bear for sure. And I kind of fully expected LeBron to go for forty, and I don't. What do you, do you know what he ended up scoring? He had 25. Yeah. Well, that's kind of disappointing. Well, Even if you lose LeBron, you got to go for 40 there. Well, and then Dylan Brooks gets ejected. So it's oh, like. I did see that for giving him a little, little cup check. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of sus on Dylan Brooks. You can't like call a man old and then try to grab his penis. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's out cougar hunting, dude. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Or what's your fail? Um, looking to find mine. I got one I looking, more. I was looking for this this video, but I couldn't find it. I got one more. Um, Jake Crane out of uh, he is the Crane Show. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I just like how he said that. <laughs> um, he said, "OMG, there's going to be a he- heavyweights too." Um, and he tweeted at Ben Stiller. I love it. And I was like, no way. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I clicked on the screenshot and like, it was just like, yeah, we're doing this, this, and this. And it was just like, it was just thrown in the middle of it. It said hashtag, hashtag April Fools. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so this so man like tweeted out. For, for believing it? Well, I believed, he believed it after he read it. I had to read oh, it okay. to make sure. And then it was, it was false. So you had your heart broken, is what you're saying? Yeah, dude. That I mean, that movie is electric. Um, I've got Colorado fans. Yeah, it's not soft. cheesy either. If you want to get back <laughs> into that, I figured out maybe no. It's the word you didn't like was corny, right? Or no, cheesy is the word you didn't like. Corny is the word maybe that's less abrasive. Or is it yeah. the other way around? Okay, corny is not the negative connotation one. Or is yeah. it the other way around? I don't know. One doesn't you're, have it. One doesn't carry me off already. You're pissing me off already. I mean, you tried to start it yesterday, <laughs> and no one was into it, which kind of proves my point. Um, about what was, did I really try to start it yesterday? You turned on the song. You said Caleb, and you started clapping. Oh, I was just trying to get you hyped up. It wasn't about that. I was trying to find Dylan because, like, he like likes that song. You were on the opposing team too, and you lost. Well, that's debatable. You lost to Chode. Wasn't for Chode's big bowling game, would have been a closer one. I mean, I was pretty much running the ta- the peer pong table, so mm, yeah, not enough though. Uh, but yeah, Colorado fans. Well, first off, shout out to Colorado fans. They did show up, but they're also super soft on the internet. People were tweeting videos of, of uh, Travis Hunter getting getting uh, beat by a walk on, and they were just arguing with people. Like they were, people weren't just, people weren't just nitpicking just to be funny. And uh, they're just soft. Colorado fans are soft. It's going to be a long season. I think it's going to be a long season in Boulder. I can't wait. They're, they're not going to be able to take it. 
they're not going to be able to take it. And it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Like that, that's like a dumpster fire I can't wait to see. And even if they're good, I think that that would be cool too. But I can't wait. Like it's going to be one or the other, right? Well, I don't like, even know. If, like, I don't like know I'm excited be, for both of them. I don't even know if it'll be that bad necessarily, the the actual football program, but the meltdown from fans one way or the other will be very fun to watch, yes. Well, yeah, and, and like everything Dion does is going to be just magnified. Yeah, and apparently he had a 98-year-old super fan out there. I, Colorado has 98-year-old super fans? <laughs> no, he definitely just moved there from California. <laughs> Yeah, I'd never, I didn't, I didn't realize they existed, but I guess it, guess they do. Um, I do have another fail, and it was a guy on Twitter. Um, I was just like, dude, what in the world? So I tweeted the picture of the, the Vanderbilt van. It was like, man, this poor guy drove a dumpster. And the guy was like, man, I wouldn't be making a joke of that. And I didn't even see this, and probably my fault for not seeing this, but it says, like, in memory of somebody on the back of it, like in small letters. But the thing is, like, decked out in Vanderbilt stuff. And that was my meaning behind it. But he was like, yeah, I'm a huge Tennessee fan here, but I would never, like, make fun of it like that. I'm like, I'm not making fun of that. What was on the What was on the side of it, though? It was like decked out in Vanderbilt stuff, but on the back in little letters it says in memory of, you know, somebody. <laughs> and they thought you were talking about that somehow. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like everybody does that. Not everybody has their whole van. Not everybody buys a pedo van and, and decks it out in Vanderbilt stuff. I mean, you should be arrested or put on a list just for driving that thing. And he thought that's what you were talking about? That's what that's what's insane to me. I guess. I called him buddy. <laughs> All good. I gotcha. I mean, good Lord. Oh, is that what he said back? I didn't even see that. I gotcha. All good. How is that possibly what anybody thought you were talking about? I mean, that's <laughs> just stupid. <laughs> I love it. Also, there's another response. Yeah, because not one Vol fan drove like this to the South Carolina or Georgia game. Well, no, no one did drive a Vanderbilt van for that. I didn't know these were these. There were so many great replies to this. It's amazing. Was the Whistler there? I didn't hear him on TV. No, that kind of looks like it could be the Whistler van. I thought it was too, and and maybe he was like trapped inside that thing. I don't know, but I did not (laughs) see him this weekend. Didn't see him. All right. Any more? No, that's it for me. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back. We'll figure it out. We're, we got the bat flip tomorrow night at 7, so be there for that. We'll go in a lot more depth with Tennessee baseball in this weekend sweep over Vanderbilt, and we'll figure out what we're going to do for Thursday's show because um, Tennessee does have a game against Mississippi State. Um, these Thursday to Saturday game, these <laughs> series suck, but, uh, we'll figure that out and let you guys know. Thanks again. Y'all have a great week. We're bringing the boat in and we out.